Hello and welcome to Around the Corner. I'm Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, how do you feel today? I'm feeling good. It's it's always nice to have another podcast to do. Indeed it is. And this is a, another edition of our delightful mailbag podcast in which we answer questions from you, the listeners. Uh, we got some good ones this week, and we are excited to tackle them. My first question, though, Brian, is if you were to tackle a question... Would you go high or low? Oh, you got to go low. I mean, you, you go high, you get stiff-armed, they spin out of it. That's just basic physics. I think that's a very good point. Yeah. I mean, high gives you the highlights, you know, but that also, yeah, you also end up uh, on that game film at the end where the coach is like pointing you out like, hey, you should have wrapped him up. I think it's time that we wrap ourselves up in some of these <laughs> listener questions, don't okay, you, Brian? let's do it. So we'll go ahead and get started with one that we received from Scott over on the Covering the Corner Discord channel, a very delightful place to discuss the team. He asks, uh, when is George Valera making his MLB debut, and why should it be tomorrow? (laughs) I'd love it if it were tomorrow, but unfortunately, I'm going to bring up a couple stats that I think people should at least be aware of. Valera, yes, he's raking at double A since he got called up. Uh, So his slash line is 333, batting average, 419 on base percentage, 444 slugging at age 20 through his first, you know, week plus of double A. That's that includes over seven games. So WRC plus 142. That is sensational. Okay. Only issue with that is everything else. The numbers beneath the numbers, so to say. Very, very unsustainable BAPIP of 533 at double A. Uh, I have never seen a BAPIP that high. So uh, that is going to drop. He had a BAPIP of 276 at high A. So if that cuts in half, his numbers are going to drop quite a bit. But uh, what but, if he keeps yeah. it there? If he keeps it there, you know, he's a god. And and maybe he does. <laughs> but, we haven't ruled this out yet, I thought. I thought we were leaving the, the, the divinity possibility. So far, his highest full season BAPIP was 296. So I, I don't think he keeps it there. Um, yeah, uh, and the we'll walk see some rate, regression. Yeah, yeah, the walk rate is down a little bit. The strikeout rate is up. That's to be expected, though, when you are jumping levels. I mean, you're facing tougher pitchers, more experienced pitchers. He has to be one of the youngest players in all of AA right now. And uh, and that's not a surprise. But the fact that he is still mashing and then just hit a, an oppo taco the other day uh, is still great. So it he is was. not getting called up in September this month. It's not happening. Hold your horses, people. Uh, but he will be competing for a starting spot in spring training. I don't think he gets it. But I think that next year is the year that George Falera makes his MLB debut at this point. Um, he is going to either start the year at AA and quickly get promoted to AAA, or he's just going to straight up start the year at AAA and then just be pushing to get called up all season. So... Uh, I would say the most realistic uh, Valera timeline is June of 2022. That's optimistic, too. Yeah, I I like it. I'm excited by it. I think it's attainable. I want to push it a little further back for me, though. Mm-hmm. 
I think he might be like a September call up in 2022, or they that might just happen. they might just sit on it and wait and bring him up at the start of the next season in 2023. Because I mean, especially with all the uncertainty around the CBA, is there going to be a lockout? And I, he has been injured before and missed time, so let's do it again for some extra luck. If everything goes according to plan, I think you're right. That's like if he keeps lighting it up, that's that's exactly right. Um, I guess I'm just adding a little bit of um, buffer room <laughs> for maybe he'll have a really bad month somewhere and that'll delay him in the org's eyes. I don't know, but I, I'd love to see him like shoot the moon in spring training and <laughs> just start <laughs> with the team, right? But trying to temper my expectations as much as I can because while he has been a very exciting prospect to follow this year I don't want to get hurt again <laughs> and I understand that we have been hurt before <laughs> um, and then a follow-up question here from uh, the same gentleman he asks is Nolan Jones alive I have literally heard nothing since his injury the other day and for anyone that is wondering about that injury, Jones slid into second base and came up a little gimpy, uh, got helped off the field, and that was in the 10th inning of a Clippers game uh, this past week. So immediate concerns. Everybody was always wondering, was wondering what was happening with Jones. Uh, the update I have is that it is classified as a left ankle sprain, and there is no timeline on how long he'll be out. But as far as I know, nothing is broken. Um, if and when they feel that he can get back on the field, they'll put him back out there. But if it's a serious one, then he might get shut down for the rest of the year. I mean, you don't want to risk, you know, re-aggravating something right, heading right into the offseason. I agree with that. Like, I, th I think it's probably just the right call to shelve him for the rest of the year, especially with an ankle sprain. Like, it just needs time. It's the end of August. We're getting a September now. We're recording on September 1st. So I also just have trauma when it comes to ankle injuries, being an Orlando Magic fan. And so when a guy's ankle gets injured, my thought is just let him rest. Do not have him make $93 million sitting on the bench for four seasons. And I don't hate Grant Hill. Grant Hill was a great player when he was healthy, and I don't hold any ill will against him. It was just, it's tough to watch somebody that talented suffer through a chronic injury. You're supposed to be able to see him play. So let Nolan rest, be healthy, come back next year, and hit some major league dingers. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, we've got, he says this is a non-prospect question, but I think it actually could be a prospect question. But who will be playing second base for the 2022 Cleveland Guardians? A delicious question. Mm -hmm. I'll, <sighs> I'll give you the first dibs on this one. There's a lot of options, by the way. I'm going to parse the question again. Who will play second base for the 2022 Cleveland Guardians? So are we to say this is the starter on opening day? Or is this who plays the most games at second base? How about we answer it both? Fine. I'm, so, I'm okay with that. Opening day, I have a hunch they're going to put Ahmed Rosario at second, have him play there in spring training, and try to start the season there. It's a hunch. I don't have anything to back it up. So hate mail is acceptable. I'm just either going with my gut here. 
All right. And who spends the most days there? <sighs> I would think if he has the organization's confidence to start there on opening day, then what we've seen from his bat in the second half of the year, I think he pretty much would keep it on lockdown. So I'm going all in on it. It's a little crazy. But dang it, I'm, I'm, I lose the farm, I lose the farm, pop. I just believe. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you are all in Ahmed Rosario both ways. Tell you um, what, I'm going to I'm gonna be rich when this is done. You're going to say, you might, dang you it, might be. I should have listened to him. All right, I'm going to take a shot here and say Ahmed Rosario gets moved back to the outfield for 2022. They do want to keep the bat in the lineup, but we still are looking for dependable outfield bats. And who better than a guy that rakes uh, and isn't the greatest infielder. So <laughs> uh, I would be perfectly fine with Ahmed Rosario in a corner outfield spot with the way he's hitting. Uh, so for me, I would say opening day, I'd st- I'd have Ernie Clement Ooh. manning second base. I, I like it. He has performed admirably, and I think he's earned the trust of uh, the organization to, to play that spot. Um, but I would say the player that is playing second base the most in 2022, Tyler Freeman. Ooh, interesting. I do think Tyler Freeman can stick at shortstop. I think he's a very solid shortstop. But with that shoulder injury um, and the fact that we have Arias and Jimenez and all these other, you know, Owen Miller and all these guys that can all play shortstop ahead of him. um, Why, you know, risk, you know, his arm uh, and why not put him at a lower leverage uh, throwing position on the field? So uh, I say Tyler Freeman second base for the majority of the 2022 season, as long as he's healthy. What kills me is like how nebulous this is because I'm thinking about it now and all of the guys you named are like potential legitimate options at shortstop, especially if Rosario moves, which I think he needs to from short. But yeah, they they, they have a lot of options, which is both great and terrifying. How are you going to give them all time to really prove it? Yeah, that's the, the, the number one question entering the 2022 season with that upcoming roster crunch. So I think... They may solve some of those problems before November uh, by making a trade or, you know, DFAing a few people, but uh, it is the number one question entering the off season of what, who's sticking around uh, because they have a lot of players they need to add to that uh, 40 man roster. Moving along to our next question. We received one from Glenn Longwell again. He asks, is Lavastida? our top catching prospect now that he's made the jump to Columbus. Yeah. Brian Lavastida, he has been sensational. Uh, I mean, I talked about him as, you know, a sleeper prospect a little bit entering this season and he has matched all of my lofty expectations for him and then exceeded them. He's Uh, sure not asleep now. Am I right, Brian? Yeah. I think he's he's knocking on the door for the MLB Pipeline Top 10, um, while Bo Naylor has dropped. Um, Lavastida started the year at high A, then got promoted to double A around the middle of the season. And at double A, 
he went ahead and slashed 300, 380, 463 over a span of 23 games. Um, now, his walk rate did drop. His strikeout rate did go up. Uh, and just like Valera, he did post an above average uh, BAPIP. But, you know, his BAPIP of 373, that's kind of in line of where he's been throughout his entire career, honestly. He's never had a BAPIP. He actually at A plus at high A where he was raking and earned the promotion mid season. That was the lowest BAPIP he'd ever had in his career of 336. He's had BAPIPs of 351, 372, 500, and now 373. So uh, the dude just hits and he got promoted to triple A today. So basically he got brought up to be at the same level as Naylor and then boom, he got the promotion to AAA instead of Naylor because he has continued to hit at the AA level. And he is a year older than Naylor. So uh, you got to remember that. I think he was a Juco athlete <laughs> uh, that was brought in like basically a year older than Naylor from the beginning. I don't know if were they the same draft class? Uh, he was drafted in 2018. I think they were. Naylor was their first round pick. Lavastida was their 15th round pick. So that's just nuts to me. And he is now at AAA. And yeah, he, I would say, is the next man up. Uh, How's it? Have you ever heard of two catchers from the same draft in the same organization, both making it, except they're at AAA and AA now in within three seasons? And one of them, actually two, because one of them got blanked. So, and they actually just called up two other catchers. Now, these guys are more filling a little bit of space, but they were guys that were brought up through the organization. Uh, I think John Paul Gonzalez and uh, Gavin Collins both got called up because of that season ending ACL injury to Wilson Ramos. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect either of them to be up super long or meet at least one of them because I think Roberto Perez is on a rehab assignment and he had three hits the other day, which is. I mean, that sounds like he's ready. So, uh, but uh, yeah, Lavastida is a beast. And from everything I'm hearing, his defensive catching is catching up to his offense too. So yeah, I yeah. I feel like Naylor is still the top overall prospect. Yeah, he's just, I think, going to take a slightly little bit longer to, to develop. Uh, like, I think defensively Naylor's there now, but he needs to kind of sort out some of his offensive issues at the moment. Yeah, I, and I think it's just a matter of him continuing to get acclimated to more advanced pitching. And we've said before, double A is the most difficult jump to make. I uh, wonder if part of it's because pitchers are better at making adjustments once they've seen you once or a couple of times, etc. Because naturally you just get better at pitching as you go up the ladder. What great analysis, Matt. <laughs> Your thoughts, Brian. Uh, yeah, um, I, 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 I'll, I'll be honest with, with Naylor. I was hoping that he would have settled in a little bit more because, you know, there were some growing pains with him two years ago when he got that quick jump to, to regular single A, which I guess now would be called low A today, uh, when he was at Lake County and, you know, he had a, a bit of a slow first month, but by the end of the year, you know, he had a really solid, uh, overall uh, numbers. I mean, he was healthy the whole season. He, uh, you know, had the, the 10, 10, 10, you know, double digits, home runs, triples, doubles, everything, uh, you know, which kind of blew your mind as a catcher. And 
he hasn't quite been able to do that this year. He just hasn't found that consistency. So I'm hoping that he does. I mean, he's still very young uh, and catchers are typically the, the position that takes the longest to develop, honestly, more than any <laughs> Brian Lavastida. Yeah. Except, <laughs> unless your name is Brian Lavastida. He's just, he's on fire. I, I hope that this is the real deal for him and he's truly raising his ceiling as he ascends through the system. It's just, it's, it's been fun to watch. I'm rooting for him. It just feels like it kind of happened out of nowhere because you did have him picked out as, Hey, keep your eye on this guy. But like, this is astonishing. <laughs> yeah. No, this, I'm not going to take any credit for this. Like I would did with, uh, with Bieber back in the day. Cause like with Bieber, I like, I saw it immediately. Mm-hmm. But with Lava Seed, I was like, you know what? This guy can hit. And that, that's about all I said about him. I didn't, I wasn't like ranting and raving about him like I was with Bieber, but uh, I mean, Lavastida has exploded, you know, rocketed up through the rankings. So I am big, big fan of this kid. And I, I still like, like the question asked, I wouldn't say for sure he's our top catching prospect. I still think that Naylor has a little bit higher ceiling, but Lavastida currently in terms of hitting and everything else, he is a past him. Yes. Current skill level. I just think, Naylor might be able to take it to that next level yet. And I'm not sure how much more Lavastida can get better. I mean, he could blow me away, though, because he's already been so good this year. I want 1980 Ray Fossey. 97 Alomar would be cool, too, but just keep Pete Rose out of the picture. Anyway, we have one more question for this evening's podcast that just came in from Will Cantrell. (laughs) PHX, I'm assuming short for Phoenix, but clearly pronounced Fox. Is Valera an outfielder for the Guardians, or do you see a potential position change? He absolutely is an outfielder for the Guardians. Um, There is no other position he would be playing. I mean, I haven't ever heard of him playing any other infield positions. I mean, he'll DH every once in a while, but um, in terms of his skills as a defender... Um, I haven't heard anything really negatively. Uh, I mean, it's, I would say one of his lower like rankings, like Fangraphs has his field as a 45, uh, but they say his game power and raw power could be up to a, a, a 60. Um, so he should just be a, a, an average defensive outfielder. I don't see him. Like, he's played center field. I don't think he sticks at center field. I think Miles Straw is the center fielder of the future. Um, and he looks like, you know, he's been a, a revelation. Uh, I think Valera is a corner outfielder of the future. I, left field yeah. in Cleveland, I think, is going to be his home. Yeah, I mean, he's Learned got speed. He's wall. got a decent arm. He's just not that guy that's going to be out there stretching out for these crazy plays and just... You know, uh, nor do I want him to. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't bat's, want him getting hurt. <laughs> if his bat is going to be as good as it looks like it could, yeah, we don't need him out there vacuuming. Games. Yeah, we don't need him out there vacuuming up everything within you know a, a two hundred foot radius. Like let let Straw do that. So, <laughs> yeah, I have heard no grumblings that a position change could be in the works for him. Yeah. I, I think, think there's a pretty clear yeah. path forward for him in the outfield. Yeah, I think the only outfielder that's like close that I've heard anything about them not being very good defensively has been Oscar Gonzalez. And and that's at least in the field. I mean, his arm is like 80 grade. 
but uh, in terms of, you know, chasing down fly balls and getting reads and everything, I, I have heard a few negative things, but uh, even that, you know, he makes up for it with an absolute hose. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think there'll be any issues with Valera whatsoever defensively. And that, I believe, brings us to the end of the podcast. So if it's all right with you, Brian, I'd like to read a selection from E.E. Uh, e. Gannings, Poet Laureate of the podcast. All right, lay it on me. I've, I've heard a little bit of uh, pre-poem hype, so I want to hear this one. <clears throat> We're sorry. Fran Mill Reyes is turning and unavailable to lecture at this time. Please visit the Bjorn Shark Petal website for advanced tips 